we just want to make a very sustainable office building with a very low carbon footprint that's also future-proof. If we create an office space where people really enjoy, are more happy and ultimately also work in an environment that improves the well-being, then that would be the ultimate goal. Hello there and welcome to the podcast No Stone Unturned from Savills. In the coming eight episodes we will tell you all about real estate and ESG in the Netherlands. How to build in a sustainable way. Why is impact investing important? And how can real estate help companies reach their sustainability objectives? I am Charlotte Harmsen and in this episode I'm going to talk about bio-based building. My guest is Sten Karelsen, Head of Development at NSI, an investor in office buildings. Welcome! Thank you, Charlotte. We're going to talk about bio-based building today. First of all, for our listeners, what exactly is a bio-based building? Well, a bio-based building is a building where natural uh, materials are being used. Uh, of course, sustainably manage the materials uh, instead of, for example, bricks, concrete and, and steel. So you have been working in real estate for a long time. Uh, when did you start to realize that bio-based materials and, and building with bio-based materials are, is important? Through time, uh, I've seen that the, the demand uh, regarding sustainable office buildings took up. And already, let's say, two decades uh, ago... And it has grown uh, ever before. Also, in relation to the debate we have uh, nowadays about uh, nature, the environment, Mother Earth. So it has become more and more re relevant uh, in the last couple of years. Uh, and I would say that the tipping point, of course, is uh, the start of sustainable buildings in the Netherlands. Uh, when green labels were being introduced and the pickup was there from, uh, from several co corporate companies. And is there something that drives you personally to build in a sustainable way and to build with the bio-based materials? Definitely, definitely. I have uh, three children, of which I'm very proud of, and uh, I wish they have a very uh, nice life uh, in the next generations as well, not having to care uh, on a daily basis about Mother Earth. Uh, so that's, I think, the, the, my personal driver. And also from a, from a business perspective, I, I see the growing demand uh, and also see a lot of opportunities to contribute in this uh, discussion. And uh, you're actually working on that currently. NSI is going to build a highly sustainable office building at the South Axis in Amsterdam. That's the uh, central business district in Amsterdam for international listeners. Uh, and this office building will be built largely out of wood. Uh, can you explain to us what will it look like? Describe it for us. Yeah, it's going to be a beautiful uh, office tower. The, it's designed by Dom and Partners uh, Architects. It will be an 86 meter high high rise building. As you said, it, uh, the main structure is composed of, uh, of timber uh, with a very transparent uh, facade because we also would like to, to show that uh, this is uh, not only uh, it, it, it is an experience uh, as a very sustainable building, but it also sh you can also see the, the, the timber structure of the building. Well, uh, if it would be under construction right now, it would be the tallest uh, wooden uh, office building. I have to say it's not 100% because the, 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 core, the core is uh, made out of concrete and steel, but the floors, uh, the columns, uh, is, is all wood. So we capture very uh, low carbon footprint, uh, and that is uh, what it's all about. 86 meters, uh, that is indeed quite, quite high if you look at other comparable uh, wooden projects uh, in the market. Uh, is that also why the core will be made of, uh, out of concrete? Yes, nowadays uh, it is possible, but it's always uh, you have to, to think about uh, the, your, your proposition also from a commercial perspective. So uh, there are examples, uh, for example, in Scandinavia, where 
office buildings uh, are made 100% out of wood, but then you do have to do make some concessions in your in your floor plans, also in the quality of your building. We've decided that we think that light is very important, so we don't want to have a wooden construction uh, construction in the uh, facade. Make it as transparent as possible. And the consequence is that you need your stability, and we uh, the, the, the stability being brought by the concrete core of the building. So. Building a 100% timber building is not the aim, it, in the aim itself, but we just want to make a very sustainable uh, office building with a very low carbon footprint that's also future-proof. And that combination is, in our, in our uh, uh, vision, the right one as it is uh, right now. Are there any trends that you see that we will see like a big acceleration of building with this material because um, yeah, could we even build something higher than 86 meters, which is more than 280 feet? Is that even possible in the future? Yeah, I think we it, it could even be possible nowadays eh, if you use that concrete um, uh, core. Because of the characteristics of Amsterdam and uh, the air traffic, we are not allowed to go much, much higher than that. But definitely it's possible. The biggest problem, is, of course, is, is cost uh, at this moment. Uh, but uh, wood is a very beautiful material and it will be used more often. Um, what I think personally is that um, there still is a responsibility with market, par market uh, uh, parties, developers, uh, housing companies to make more use of wood. Um, the result will be that advisors, but also contractors, uh, and suppliers, uh, once we reach a bigger scale, it becomes cheaper. We already see it abroad, Belgium, uh, England, um, uh, Germany. Uh, people, the Nordics, probably. The Nordics, people tend to build their houses themselves, making more use of bio-based materials. In the Netherlands, it's still the more professional developers and, and, and uh, housing uh, corporations. And they go, uh, just putting it black and white, they choose for lower costs and less risk. So... I think there's a responsibility also for developers and investors to uh, take up that that opportunity there is. So it seems like there are a lot of advantages of, of bio-based uh, material, building uh, in a bio-based way. You are developing a, a CLT uh, office tower. Are there also downsides to building with bio-based materials? Yes, there, there are. Uh, apart from the, the cost that we just uh, mentioned, uh, it also is also an un unknown territory. And uh, that makes it also a challenge uh, to to create a building that also meets all regulation and standards and, and safety regulations. So it is very important also in, at the start of the development that you organize your team in a proper way. So we, we, we choose for our development also advisors uh, that uh, maybe not all have the experience because we simply don't have high-rise office buildings in the Netherlands yet. Uh, but uh, advisors that really want to learn, want to invest also in knowledge about timber buildings. So that's, I think, the first one. We need to, you have, need to have a certain common drive in your, in your team. That's, that's the first one. Second one is that uh, you also have to align all stakeholders, being the municipality, local authorities, uh, the fire department, because uh, wooden buildings do have a, a perception, which I can also understand, that they might be dangerous because of fire safety, that they might be uh, unstable, etc., etc. And the fact is that wood is very strong material. It's light, but it's very strong. And also because of fire safety, um, CLT has a, a beautiful char characteristic that if it burns, that it becomes also like a fire-resisting layer on the outside so that it that it, it it's very predictable when it burns 
instead of steel and so you and can concrete. make a really good sort of safety plan exactly exactly so that's uh, and of course uh, uh, with sprinkler buildings etc you can uh, make very safe buildings that's that's the first uh, perception and of course there's also in uh, in the construction and design there are several uh, parts that are more difficult than uh, the regular traditional building methods for example there where the facade meets the the main structure the wood meets the, the more the, the the glass and the aluminum facade facade those are challenges uh, that you really have to focus on and in, in the detailing uh, and of course wood is a, is a natural product so it, it breathes so it moves and you also have to take into account uh, in the design of your building that um, that you have enough uh, margin. Yeah, enough margin. And we're talking about uh, the advantages and disadvantages of the building material itself in terms of emission, of carbon storage, of logistics and construction time and things like that. But we haven't really spoken about the advantages of working inside a building that is based on bio-based material. Could you tell me a little bit about that? What does it mean on the inside of the building for the people using it? Yeah, that, that's that's very interesting uh, because then you touch also upon the the biophilic design of uh, buildings. Uh, and with bio-based materials, you can really introduce natural elements into your architecture. And we believe, and there's also studies that show that natural elements work positively on the state of mind of people. Even your heartbeat can lower if you have a lot of green, a lot of, of wood around your, your yourself. So that's actually uh, what we believe also is also an an extra added value of bio-based materials. Um, at the end, if we create an office space where people really uh, enjoy, are more happy, and ultimately also work in an environment that improves the well-being, then that would be the, the ultimate goal. And uh, taking into account that the general cost of a company is, is for, let's say, uh, 90% personal costs like salaries and pensions, uh, and only 10, not, not even 10% housing costs, then it's, it would be a no-brainer to invest in high-quality, sustainable office floors. In the recent years, we've become more and more used to having environments that um, are corporates, right? So uh, um, office floors, um, uh, we've improved daylight. I think in, in recent times, you see that all the renovations that we do at Savills, we try to enlarge the facade and the windows and things like that. But to be in a completely sort of green and wood environment, I, I, I would imagine how that will be. I haven't got further than a really big plant in my home office. So, uh, yeah, I, I will definitely come uh, for a viewing in your in your new uh, newly built uh, office building. We've spoken about the development, but we haven't really uh, said anything about the name. Could you reveal the name of this office building? Yes, of course, we've uh, looked thoroughly through the appropriate name that matches also the ambition and, and quality th that we want to realize. And, um, well, Rapapa, the name of the, of the office building uh, will be Well House. And uh, also, it's going to be really a house. Uh, you, people feel, will feel at home. Uh, also, the link with working from home. Uh, we have all facilities. We want to feel people at home, but then even a little bit better. Than that, uh, and of course, it's well, it's well-being. It will look nice. Uh, there will be a lot of facilities, a lot of services, uh, and ultimately, what you're just saying about your plants uh, and the wood, we make sure that also the wooden structure will be fully inside to also, uh, yeah, fully experience the the bio-based materials. Uh, Stan, in every episode, we ask someone from the Savills team 
to dive into our Savills database and, and bring us a statistic that really says something about uh, the ESG topic of, of the day in, the, in this um, Today, of course, we're talking about bio-based building. And our guest of today is Eisbrand Brunger, who is our head of leasing uh, for, uh, on Severs in the Netherlands. Eisbrand, what is your standout statistic? Um, the number 50, well, actually minus 50%. Uh, minus 50%. Exactly. It's not often that someone brings me a negative number. No, no, no. But in this case, we're talking about CO2 emissions and, and, and that we did want to get rid of that in the atmosphere. And a recent report by TNO that found um, that over a period of 100 years, um, the CO2 emissions that are stored um, in timber frames, yeah. um, that they are actually um, well, less than if we go for concrete or timber or, or uh, steel or other not bio-based materials. Um, well, if we look to cross-laminated timber, it could even, when we look to the production of that building, um, found negative, which actually means that we are taking CO2 out of the atmosphere, which... So we're actually e emitting less but in the production exactly, phase. Yeah. We're taking it out of the atmosphere by yeah. storage and therefore creating a negative, so a positive impact. Yeah, but if, if we look to what is the problem, eh, is that if we look to the measurements that we recently have or that we have in the Netherlands uh, and to sustainability, uh, MPG, we're talking about life cycle assessments, uh, those kind of calculations. Then we don't see that back uh, in that calculation. And that's actually a shame because if we could see that back in the calculations, then you see the difference between concrete and steel and bio-based materials will grow extensively and then it will be an actually no-brainer anymore. I mean, obviously, it is sustainable. It's better to, buy with, to build with bio-based materials. But it would be good to also put it on paper. In a yeah, because if I understand correctly, uh, you talk about the life cycle assessment. Uh, in the Netherlands, we have a, a Dutch legal uh, tool called the MPG, the Environmental Performance Indicator for Buildings. And if you were to compare a CLT building or a bio-based building with a concrete and steel building at this moment, it would not take into account the carbon storage, only the carbon emission. Exactly. Ah, so you would already see a positive effect in in emission, but you you wouldn't see the long term positive effect of the storage. Exactly. So the the storage of that CO two is not taken into account. I'm very curious, Stan, uh, uh, about your thoughts on this because as a developer, probably you you needed to do some uh, sort of um, uh, promotion campaign to build with the bio-based materials within NSI because of course it's your first development and it's straight away it's a bio-based uh, development. Uh, how do you feel? D you probably knew about this measuring tool not having the coverage storage uh, in its calculations. How do you feel about this? What is your thought? Yeah, first of all, I fully agree with uh, with Asbrand that this is a serious, uh, let's say, problem or uh, actually a mistake in uh, in the way it is calculated in the Netherlands. We need to have a clear uh, level playing field. Uh, and the good thing is that we are, as an NSI, we are a developer, but also an investor. So we see the advantages. We believe the the, the importance of building with wood because of the carbon capture. So the good thing is that we can we, we develop uh, projects for our own portfolio so we can make this decision. It might be different for a developer that has to sell its investment to an, another investor and explaining that it is really sustainable, but not having the evidence to do so. 
So um, that has yeah, to you really have uh, you have to have an end investor then that that believes in the in the product without having it sort of on the exactly on exactly. paper yet. Because if those uh, tools were to be amended, then in the future, then of course you can you know show it uh, in your calculations. But right now you sort of have to. Exactly. Believe in it. Uh, and I'm convinced in five years from now, maybe maybe sooner than, and when we look back, then it will be repaired and then we will uh, have the evidence that the, 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 the wooden buildings are much more sustainable, also on paper. I mean, they are, but they also will be on, on paper. But is we, this we also why the, why the market for CLT in the Netherlands is quite small? Like, I mean, I can think of like a handful of other wood or hybrid uh, constructions in the Netherlands, but not like a ton of uh, examples yes that that might be one reason the other one is that we are traditionally very good in building with concrete and, and steel mainly concrete so we have a very strong supply chain that's based on, on concrete uh, all the the big contracting companies in netherlands they they know how to build with concrete uh, they, there's a very strong lobby as well so changing that uh, and will change um, needs also some pioneering. Um, but I think that's, that is uh, also breaking boundaries. In every episode, I invite my colleague Iris Kampers, who was our senior ESG advisor, to bring us one of her latest ESG insights. Uh, specifically today, we're talking about bio-based building, of course. And Iris, I'm very curious to hear what ESG insight you have for us today. Thank you, Charlotte. So um, I just want to continue the conversation that Icebrand just started uh, about embodied carbon in different materials, because what a lot of international investors might not know is that we have a very specific tool to calculate the energy performance or the carbon performance of different types of materials that you can use in a, in a building. And it's called the MPG tool. It's the Environmental Performance Tool or Milieuprestatie Gebouwen in Dutch. And this tool uses different benchmarks to um, determine this, the carbon content of different materials. And for years, it was more favorable to have um, a concrete building as opposed to a timber building. And why was that? What? Well, obviously, it, it didn't really make that much sense. Apart from that, we had more um, data on the embodied carbon in timber. So they just had higher numbers as opposed to concrete. And you know, this, this might not matter to most people, but for an MPG calculation, an MPG calculation in the Netherlands is used to determine how much subsidy you can get for a specific sustainable building. So if you have plans to make a very sustainable building or you want to build a timber building, you might not get as much subsidy as someone who wants to build a concrete building because from that database, from that benchmark, it just says that the concrete version is more sustainable than the timber version. So I'm very pleased to say that uh, the Dutch Green Building Council has been working very hard with different parties, including us, to update this tool, to create a new embodied carbon tool, to make sure that the MPG calculation is revised and, and updated to the latest standards and the latest insights that we have. Um, we signed the, an agreement with them um, at the beginning of February. We had an event for that. Uh, many different parties signed. Be sure to check that out on the internet. and. Um, uh, over the last few weeks, there have been a lot of developments to further launch that tool. So that's going to be really good, I think. Thank you for sharing this update with us, Iris. 
Stan, you touched upon it uh, before uh, that, of course, you are developing this uh, uh, project, Wellhouse, but you're also, uh, your ambition is to keep it in your portfolio because, of course, NSI is mostly known as a uh, office uh, investor. The advantage of that is, of course, that yeah, if you believe in the product, you will keep it for a long time and you can sort of uh, invest in, in your own uh, future, so to speak. Uh, but uh, were there any sort of stakeholders along the way internally that you needed to convince? Do Was it viewed as a risky project? Yes, of course. But I think it also uh, it's related to the to the ambition. So I, I understand your question. Eh? That is, we have very high ambition. We are doing something that has never been, been done before. Um, but uh, having, again, the right uh, team of, of, of players and also very good architects uh, in place, we we can manage this this process, important, and at the end, the product is something that we very strongly believe in. So we see this more as an opportunity than as a risk. I think we can distinguish ourselves with this office um, proposition, offering something that is not available uh, in Amsterdam so far. And it was not just the case that you are developing this yourself because the product wasn't there or uh, will you will you keep on developing yourselves? Is this a one-time project or can we expect more uh, CLT buildings uh, in the NSI portfolio? We, we, we learn a lot and, and again, we are uh, covering a huge part of, of the Netherlands. We focus on the Randstad area with our office buildings, but uh, we have a very specific market uh, and uh, again, the ambition and the, the also the, the the cost price of this building is not possible uh, in, in all the locations where we uh, we are active. Uh, but I wish that we could realize such a building in Utrecht, in Rotterdam, in in other uh, uh, city centers in the Netherlands. Um, that would be uh, that, that would be very nice if we look back in ten years from now. And if we look at this project from the investor's perspective, because of course we talked about it also from your, I mean, you're the development uh, manager, but um, if you were to um, sort of advise other market parties, because you said, of course, we can only scale up if, if it won't be just NSI, but other parties will follow your uh, good example. What would you want to say to these other investors listening to this podcast? why uh, they should invest in bio-based buildings? What is the advantage over investing in a regular traditional office building? Uh, first of all, embrace the sustainability, sustainable impact of, uh, of, of, of timber uh, office buildings. That's a first. With these kind of buildings, you can offer a product uh, that increases well-being on the office floor, which will become more and more important in the future for all employers. Um, third of all, um, well, Again, I think in 10 years from now, it will be the norm. So we are a long-term investor. So we are really now also with new acquisitions, we uh, we, we look at okay what, what, what's being needed to renovate this building to Paris Proof. Um, we are now working on a roadmap. By the end of 2022, we want to have a roadmap in place for our standing portfolio. Well, with the new developments, we can, uh, of course, much easier, uh, much earlier realize these Paris Proof projects. But it's on, on top of mind. And we think that also will become the norm. So, uh, yes, go for the timber, wooden office buildings. Uh, and um, If they're not there, there yet, develop them yourselves. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I will proceed to uh, already the last question of this podcast. I ask all of my guests to sort of fantasize about a dream project. Of course, you say 
you uh, your company has a long-term uh, vision. Um, what would your ideal building look like? And and don't say well house because we've already talked about that a lot. But uh, what would be sort of yeah your 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 dream project if you could you know there were no limitations in terms of policy or money or uh, anything else. Oh, that's nice to think about. Well, if, uh, of course, we, we did some, some research uh, working on our project. And one of the inspirations I have is, uh, is for example, uh, a, a project in, uh, of uh, Eika Wood and uh, WO2. It's called Arboretum in, in Paris. It's on the, located on the riverbanks of the River Seine. It's an area development uh, of uh, totaling 125,000 square meters with office buildings, uh, conference centers, uh, all other facilities, and all based on circular wooden buildings and this is really it's, it's a beautiful ambition that they are also realizing my ultimate dream would be to have something like that uh, in amsterdam it would be beautiful if we can create that in amsterdam or in rotterdam in the netherlands a comp maybe an ensemble of and then i do mention wellhouse an ensemble of those buildings but also housing making it a very interesting area to visit, to stay, and, and ultimately also contributing to the well-being of people. And uh, having lots of light, uh, lots of green, and lots of wood inside. It reminds me of King's Cross or something like that. Maybe that's not wooden build, but you you, say, you talk about a mixed use of area. So really a, a destination instead of just you know an office building, but uh, every, every function work together. Exactly, exactly. Sounds amazing. Well, a very good reason for me, a good excuse to, to go to Paris. <laughs> thank you, Stan Karelsen, Head of Development at NSI. And thank you, listeners, for listening to this podcast episode. Please subscribe to this podcast when you don't want to miss a thing and give us a rating in your favorite podcast app. My name is Charlotte Harmsen, and this was No Stone Unturned. <laughs>